I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you back with us for some more incredible stories. Now, if you're listening for the first time, welcome to our program. We hope that you enjoy it and we hope that you return every Friday for new episodes. So uh, why don't we go ahead and get started? I think that's a wonderful idea. And by the way, Gary, I would like to especially welcome all of our listeners from, get this, 28 different countries around the world. That's a lot of people. Eight different countries around the world. And we've got some very faithful ones from places like France and Canada and Australia um, who seem to be uh, pretty regular listeners. Mm-hmm. Even Canada. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so uh, everybody is special. We welcome each and every one of you, and we're so glad you're with us this, uh, this evening. Now, Gary, uh, it seems almost impossible to believe that it was more than a dozen years ago that you and I took a plane and flew to Asheville, North Carolina, up in the uh, Great Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Uh, No, North Carolina, right near Tennessee. Yeah. And um, we met with... um, Bob Weatherwax, one of the original owners and trainers of Lassie, an iconic movie and television animal. That is very true. Yes. uh, He and his father, Rudd, were the ones who brought Lassie to the world and brought lots of joy to the world for many, many decades, uh, starting in the early 1940s and continuing on to this very day. That's very true. Now... Uh, Bob uh, met with us, like I say, more than a dozen years ago, and we recorded him for a short documentary that you were doing, which was called The Weatherwax Legacy. Now, The Weatherwax Legacy went on and won a number of uh, awards at various film festivals across the United States and around the world. It absolutely did. And and actually what it started out was... uh as it was a pitch uh, because Bob had wanted to do um, a documentary about his father, about Lassie and their career and all of that. And so we went up there with the idea that uh, we could get him something that would garner some kind of attention uh, for either a documentary, full length documentary, documentary, or a book. Yeah, or a book, which. Both ended up happening, mm-hmm. and we were the ones that produced both of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, both Funny. happened, and, and, and it, both of them came from us. We sold it to ourselves, Yes, we? we did. Yes, we did. So anyhow, um, what we have uh, today is something very, very special. You're going to hear the inside story behind Lassie and some other very famous Hollywood dogs, Asta from the Thin Man movies, Old Yeller. And uh, Daisy from the Blondie series, um, and uh, John Wayne's dog in Big Jake, and Hondo. Yeah. So you're going to hear 
uh, the inside story from the two men who made this all possible. And they are, without a doubt, uh, known as the world's greatest dog trainers and certainly the greatest of any kind of animal trainer in the history of Hollywood. So uh, I can't think of anything more special than having this story told by Bob Weatherwax himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, when uh, it, his father was still alive, he started partnering up with his father and and uh, working Lassie. And then when his father passed away uh, um, in 1985, Bob continued with Lassie for a number of years afterwards. Yeah. So Bob um, has had a lot to do with the Lassie legend, um, lifelong, as a matter of fact, because he was only two or three years old when his father, Rudd, was <clears throat> uh, pasting little um, baby food on his cheeks when he was training the original Lassie, a dog named Pal, to kiss human beings for yeah. the movie it was for uh what's her name elizabeth taylor elizabeth he taylor was, was teaching the, him how to kiss mm-hmm. elizabeth taylor uh-huh and so, in the movie uh, lassie come home and he used bob toddler bob at two or three years old to get that training done that's right so uh we're going to hear the story directly from the man whose entire life has been spent with lassie Well, my grandfather was Walter Weatherwax, and uh, he passed away when I was only three, but uh, he moved to New Mexico, where my father was born in 1907, and he was an Army Territorial Scout for the Indians, for the Indians, and he, he also was a U.S. Marshal, but not all the time. It was one of these things like when they wanted a posse, they came and they'd say, Walter, put on your put on your badge, put your gun on, we're getting ready to go out. and, and uh, get ready to go out and look for bandits, which they did one time. He also trained horses and was a trick rider for Buffalo Bill's Wild West Circus. My father could trick ride too. He, he knew horses, he could train them. He'd learned these things from his father. But my father would go down, I guess uh, there was this thing called a Nickelodeon, put a nickel in the Nickelodeon and you'd wind it and you could see things. Well, my father fell in love with the whole concept of, of Rin Tan Tan, a dog that plays in movies, you know. He, he really loved that. He says, this is what I want to do. How he, how he got into the whole thing is he came to Hollywood and he was doing stand-in work, you know. They'd go down to be extras. He realized if he took a little dog with him, that that would be an extra thing, you know, that they'd say, oh, well, not only do we get a kid for the extra, we have a dog too, so that's extra bonus there. So he'd get picked over a lot of other kids. So he had a shot where the dog, he's supposed to be on a newspaper, uh, delivering papers on the bicycle, and the dog is with him, following him. Well, what he did is he taught the dog to take the newspaper. The dog ran in the house with the newspaper, and because uh, they had the door open, the people were outside. He runs into the house, and the director says, well, you're, you're finished, but he says, we need the dog for the interior shot. Well, then my father went and did it where he drops the paper and goes back out the door for the interior shot. And uh, there's a guy named Henry East there that saw this, and he was an animal supplier he, for, for dogs. And he saw my father's talent, and he says, you want to go to work for me. And my father went to work for him, and for him, he trained, uh, trained Asta for the Thin Man. My father didn't get college. Colleagues didn't get jobs. You know what we got our jobs with? Most of them were mutts. I'd go out and, uh, as a kid, I didn't have anybody to play with, so they'd find me out in the kennel with one of the mutts, flavor of the day. 
And uh, he did have a couple of shepherds because they got jobs. And we had a bulldog because they got jobs. But mostly it was mutts, nondescript dogs is what the movies wanted. So he didn't have a collie. And this guy named Howard Pat brought this collie to him. They were friends, he was a trainer himself. And he says, this dog chases motorcycles and his owner wants him broken. And he says, I can't break him for chasing these motorcycles, could you? So dad says, yeah, for I think it was $10 or something, I don't know. Anyway, dad couldn't break him up it either. And so uh, he came back and uh, dad said, I can't break him up. And he says, just forget the whole thing. And he says, well, he says, but you do owe me board for about $10 for boarding him. And um, taxes will keep the dog in lieu of the $10. So actually last was the $10 purchase. Uh, this dog pal. Well, then my father didn't know what to do with him, and you know, times are tough. He had to feed all these dogs, and so he was going to take. My mother said, "Well, he was going to take him to the pound, but he decided, no, I, I can't do that." And here comes this last week come home movie. Well, my father's preparing to do a movie called uh, "A Rip Goes to War." This was during the wartime, so they were making those type of movies, and and he now he has to go get this dog. Well, the dog has mange. He has no hair. He's all he's a mess. And he gets the dog and goes in there because they told him, look, we need a dog to stand in for this other dog. It's not working properly. MGM had hired their own collies. And he said, the dogs are not performing properly. We need you to come in, Rudd, at least do this river shot. So dad prepared for the river, basically. That's all he prepared for. And the dog swam in the river. And the current started carrying the dog down the river. So dad just kept working. And he came out in front of a color cam that they were testing. And dad just kept working. And we had him come out, lie down, crawl, get on your side, struggle. They shot it, you know. And, and the director looked at that. And he says, you know what? He says, pal swam in. And lastly, swam out. We're gonna, they took it back, looked at the, at, the, at the footage. And they said, this will be in color. We were all, we were all the, the, the substitute prop boy that you used, or girl that you used to train the dog on before you went with Roddy McDowell or Elizabeth Taylor. I was, uh, I was the, the guy you teach the dog to kiss in the face. I had baby food on me all the time, and eventually you get away from the baby food, the dog learns to kiss you. But I always had that stuff in my face, and uh, when I was about 11 or 12, I maintained 40 dogs before I went to school. And I came home and took care of them after that and then fed them at night. And so uh, I knew all about dogs, you know, as far as that goes. But I actually didn't become a trainer until I went on the Lassie show in 1962. And then I actually started to learn how to train a dog. We would do fairs and uh, rodeos sometimes. I never liked rodeos, but we did fairs. And uh, what he would do is he'd have a, a writer put on his contract. It was an additional page that said, that wherever we go, that we would go to a hospital, a children's hospital of some type, it didn't matter what type, uh, whether it's, you know, whatever the illness is, it didn't matter. He did that and I, you know, it was tough on him too. I could see this is, this is not good, this is hard to do. Why do you do that? He says, I came, I came from nothing. He says, I'm fortunate. It's my church, he says, that's how I do my church. And then I, I thought about that and I thought about in retrospect, the hospitals that we did. And I, I've done my movie career. I mean, 42 years of, of making TV, movies. I, I couldn't even tell you my body at work. I, it's, it's vast. And, um, and I said, well, you know, I'd like to apply this in another way. I want to go to what we did with those personal appearances as hospitals. I, I want to teach and with what, you know, autistic people, people I've taken Lassie to, people with Alzheimer's, they didn't know who it was, but they were happy. I would like to do that, and I'd like to show people how to train their dogs, to properly train them, 
so they can go and do these things. See the, see the, the veterans from the war that, that have come back. And these dogs are so good for any type of therapy, for anything. For some uh, children and adults with autism, a service dog can really make a big difference. There are some little kids that instantly just take the dogs. They are the best buddies with dogs. And that child would be a good candidate for service dog. I'm not going to train a lot of dogs myself. I've trained so many dogs, but I can show other people how to train their dogs. So he's properly trained. They have that venue, they have that avenue and that pathway so they can go and, and, and work with people's hearts and minds. Wow. <clears throat> that uh, female voice that you heard in there uh, was somebody quite famous too, Gary. That uh, was Temple Grandin. Yeah, we were able to get uh, <clears throat> mm -hmm. Temple, Temple Grandin, Grandin to be too. part of this uh, little uh, promotional video. Now, folks, if you'd like to see this video, it is on YouTube. You can go ahead and go on YouTube and and uh, search The Weatherwax Legacy, and it will come up. And it's also on our podcast channel, The Weatherwax Legacy. That it is. That it is. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to IMDb, and I think it even links up oh, there Oh, yeah, as well. I think so. Yeah. yeah, IMDb, the International Movie Database, which is uh, a must for anybody who loves their movies. So that was uh, the Weatherwax story in Bob Weatherwax's own words. You heard his own voice, and he did say... His uh, body of work in Hollywood was vast. That includes movies, TV shows, you name it. In fact, he was working um, the dog Einstein on the movie Back to the Future when his father passed away in 1985. Yeah. Well, to give you a little bit more of a background about uh, Bob and Rudd, I mean, that, that little clip doesn't really tell you everything. It gives you a, a good little picture about uh, what, they, what they did. But... Uh, the career that uh, Rudd had went all the way back to Aston the Thin Man and working with those dogs and then the dog from the uh, Blondie uh, TV series. Um, and then, of course, Lassie's really what gave Rudd his notoriety. And it's amazing to me to think that the original dog, Pal, was... Um, a throwaway dog, pretty much. Yeah, it was a yeah, ten dollars. Ten dollars. <laughs> uh, the original owner had given up on the dog being useful for anything, and Rod was able to take this dog and turn it into a beloved icon. A beloved icon, which is recognized around the world today. To the yeah, to this seventy very day. some years or more later. Right, uh, but from there and. They're, uh, it's interesting because this has come up on a few uh, radio shows I was listening to this week in my car. Um, they do little quick uh, facts. They were talking about how um, after the Lassie films that uh, they hadn't um, fully paid Rudd what he had deserved uh, for the work that he did. So they gave him the rights to Lassie. And he took that and turned it into the Lassie TV show, mm -hmm. which became <clears throat> incredibly popular sure. during the 50s and sure. 60s, and then even on into the 70s with all sorts of variations, and even into the uh, late 80s and early 90s, and then, uh, what was it, mid-90s, that they had the, uh, the new Lassie film, which was the last one that uh, Bob worked on, but Rudd had a career all the way up to the time he died with Lassie. 
Um, and then when Bob took over, uh, he continued working with Lassie. But then he had his own career training dogs like um, Einstein and Back to the Future. And, and that dog's name was O.J. And Oh, it wasn't Einstein? Oh, the real name was O.J. The real name was O.J. Yeah, Einstein right. the, was the, the name Weatherwax of the dog. The Weatherwax dog's name was O.J. And he yeah. played Einstein right. in the movie Back to the right. Future. But yeah. that being said, O.J. was an adopted dog. Yeah, he was. He yep. it was, It's kind of a theme yeah. with them that right. you know they. B- Bob said most of their dogs, right. if not all, were rescued. Right. And then what was the name of the one from uh, Old Yeller? The one that played Old Yeller? Uh Spike. Spike. Spike was a throwaway dog. Sure, he was. Uh, and adopted. And you know, I maybe not use the word throwaway, but was a dog that was adopted mm-hmm. from um, a rescue. From a rescue yeah. and was turned into another iconic. Yeah. Uh, yeah animal star and some of them that didn't become iconic were nevertheless in movies that many people would recognize such as uh john carpenter's the thing yeah he had a whole team of dogs now he did not train the main dog that opens up the film and walks through the different parts of the uh, the encampment um in the film but his dogs were the ones that were in the kennel they were part of the uh, sled team yeah going crazy dogs yep that when they see the new one, they're they're freaking out. Yeah. Uh, but he trained all of those dogs, and he worked on the set for a good period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so more than just Lassie, he has a career that uh, covers a lot of different movies um, that are notable and recognized by a lot of different people. You know, Gary, I love to explore some of the parallels in the careers of both Rudd and Bob. Uh, Rudd did John Wayne's dog in Hondo. Bob did John Wayne's dog in Big Jake. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rudd did the dog in the original Thing. Mm -hmm. And Bob did the dogs in John Carpenter's The Thing. That's true. Now, I got a question. Uh, Big Jake, the dog that's in Big Jake is a collie. Is that one of the Lassie dogs? No, I don't think so. Was it a collie? It's a collie. Okay. It's a, a dirty yeah. collie. Yeah, I don't think it was. Um, they they wouldn't mix the two. Well, the dog is covered in dirt and has yeah. a little bit of grime yeah. on it. So. Yeah. It now, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, all actors need to have a wide range, you know, so they don't get typecast, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and if uh, folks want to know a lot more about the Weatherwax story and the wonderful weatherwax dogs who have spread love around the world bob's official memoir is titled four paws to fame pause p-a-w-s four paws to fame and it's available um, at all online retailers including amazon worldwide four paws to fame it's the official weatherwax memoir loaded with great behind-the-scenes stories. Absolutely. So uh, if you get a chance, I suggest looking for it. Um, And the author, I know this guy. He's worked on a few books before. uh, Yeah. I can't think of his name. Yeah. could be could be Richard of Richard and Gary's incredible stories, couldn't it? Could be. <laughs> Nothing like a little shameless promotion. Like, like for you your said own at book. the beginning of the uh, broadcast, uh, uh, we tried our best to, to get uh, um, you know the very best of uh, professional folks to do a full length uh, 
documentary and a book and for one reason or another uh, that uh, didn't materialize so it fell on you and and me and i think we did a pretty good job on both yeah uh, what's the name of our full-length documentary gary isn't that the Weatherwax Legacy? No, this is the Weatherwax Legacy. Um, Taking Hollywood, oh, that's right. Taking by, Hollywood storm. by Storm. Yeah. Taking Hollywood by Storm is the official, or not the official, but the full-length uh, version of the Weatherwax Legacy, and it was directed by Gary. Yeah, mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it, it, though, even though we have a ton of DVDs, we have no way to sell them. So, Well, uh, that's, <clears throat> that's okay. Uh, we've made sure that... Um, copies have gone to very deserving people That's true. Um, in all sorts of situations, and we've made it available also online, so uh, you can, you can uh, watch the entire uh, Taking Hollywood by Storm. Oh, that's right. We have on that up YouTube. on YouTube. Yep, on YouTube. Yeah. I see it right here. So, and it's free. It's free. So uh, everything we do, we share with the world uh, for free, um, and so... That um, is also available to everyone. One last thing before we wrap up this evening. We have to go ahead and pay tribute to Wendy Francisco. Wendy Francisco is the lady who created that beautiful music that you heard uh, behind Bob when he was talking, as well as the theme music for our documentaries, By My Side. Uh, And so Wendy Francisco not only wrote it, she performed it, and so we are deeply in her uh, debt for providing such uh, very inspirational music. Absolutely. It, it ties everything together. Yes, it does. All right. Well, that is it for now. We appreciate you guys uh, stopping on by again to uh, join us for some more incredible stories. And like I said at the beginning, if uh, this is your first time listening, hit that like and subscribe Join us again each and every Friday for more incredible stories. And until next time, I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And this was an incredible story.